Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Hey, good morning, church. How y'all doing? You doing good? Well, I bring greetings from the South, Ashland. <laughs> um, Pastor Crow and I did this crazy thing today called a pastor swap, a pulpit swap. And so uh, I'm here uh, bringing the word of God to you, and he is in Ashland this morning messing things up down there. Um, as, as Pastor Mike alluded to, we, we have uh, deep roots here in this church family. I know many of you uh, don't even recognize us or know us, but uh, it was about 25, 27 years ago that God brought us to this church. And we were here for like three and a half years, but it was one of the greatest years, you know, three and a half years of our lives. It was a year, uh, years of transition, years of responding to God's call, uh, years of, of healing and restoration. And through all that, your pastor um, became my pastor. And, and even today, some 25, 27 years later, uh, I have the honor of calling Pastor Kevin both my friend uh, and my pastor. And so he is the one that I, I look to when I need counsel. He is the one that I call when my family is going through difficulties. And so uh, we think highly and dearly of, of Pastor Kevin and Robin, and they have been a huge, huge influence in uh, not just our ministry, but our lives. And uh, he has always had my back uh, through all of the years in, in, in ministry. And so I so appreciate uh, he and Robin. And uh, the honor of being here today is just fantastic. So thank you for allowing us to be a part of, of your services today. Um, I want to talk to you today about uh, when Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up. You know, and, and sometimes we can just kind of presume, especially in the church world, that maybe you just presumed this morning that when you got here, somebody else was going to make sure that Jesus showed up at church today. You know, that's Pastor Garrett's job, right? He's got to lead us in worship, and so it's his, it's his job to uh, usher Jesus into the sanctuary. You know, maybe, maybe we just came in, in presuming that it was just all going to be. But I would, I would suggest to us, church, that uh, it is all of our responsibilities and all of our privileges to invite Jesus to church on Sunday. Okay, two of you got that. Thank you. It, it's our responsibility and, and, our, and our privilege to invite Christ into our lives each and every day. Right? And, and so I want to talk to us today. I want to share a, a biblical story with you today out, out of Mark uh, chapter 1 uh, about inviting Jesus into our situations and into our circumstances. Things happen, church, when we invite Jesus in. Things happen in our homes when we open the door for Christ to come into our homes. Things happen when we invite Jesus into our lives. I like to say it this way, when we invite Jesus into our hearts, there is an internal work that begins in us that bears an external evidence, fruit of the Spirit. Because why? Because God has an eternal purpose for each and every one of us. 
And so it's not about getting dressed up or looking good before you belong, right? We, we, churches used to be guilty of that. We want people to get cleaned up before they came so that they can belong. They want, we wanted people to behave right, right before we allowed them to belong. But now we're inviting people to come just as you are so that we can introduce people to Jesus because we know that the true work happens on the inside. Come on. And when, when we invite Christ into, into, not just in our thoughts, but into our hearts, into our lives, into our circumstances, into our situations, things happen. And so in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, I want to read that for us, and, and then I'm going to show you a couple of things that we, might be helpful for us as we invite Jesus into uh, our situations. Verse 21 says, Jesus and his companions went to town of Capernaum, and when the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and he began to teach. The people were what? Amazed. That's a, that's a key word for our, for our morning this morning. The people were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Now they have something to compare to, right? They've gotten used to this thing they call church, per se. And it sounds like to me it's kind of become a little boring. But they invited Jesus in because Jesus was invited into as being the guest speaker for the day. And so when Jesus started reading the same text, they went, whoa. They were amazed. Suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit began shouting, why are you so, in, why are you inferring with us? Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Just cut, just, Jesus cut him short. Be quiet, come out of that man. And he ordered at, the, at that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into convulsions, and then came out of him. And verse 27 says, amazement. There's that word again. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitingly. They were excited about it. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. Can we pray? Father, we come to the author of your word. And the Spirit of God inspired this word through men. And so, Lord, today we pray and ask that the same Spirit would inspire this same word in our hearts. Holy Spirit, you have this way of speaking perfectly across a broad room like this and to an audience online. You have a way of communicating to us that my words will lack. And so, Spirit of God, we pray that the Word of God would be partnered with you today for a powerful outcome, one that transforms our lives from the inside out. Jesus, we pray these things today in your name. Amen. Amen and amen. Let me just help you with a little bit of a context to help set this up. Um, there's a single page, at least in my Bible, there's a single blank page between the Old Testament and New Testament. And that single page represents, what, 430 years of silence from heaven. 
430 years where, where God, God just closed up heaven. There were no prophecies. There was no words. There was nothing, nothing being spoken. And so the culture, the religious culture and the religious community was not hearing anything from God for generations. And so we can begin to imagine what that does to a religious culture. When God becomes silent, when, when God goes into his nothing box and he, he ceases to communicate to the religious leaders, there is no more prophecies being spoken. 430 years for multiple generations, heaven became silent. And, and so what happens is, is in, in culture and in, in religious culture, we can see it that everything became very shallow, very empty. Even the rituals that they were required to do when they were, when they were asked to bring an offering into the temple, right? They, they, instead of bringing their best that they raised and the, 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 what they grew, they would go to the temple and buy a sacrifice. This is why when Jesus turned the tables over in the temple, that's what he was ticked off about. Because people were no longer sacrificially giving. Because their religion had become shallow and empty. The, the rituals in, in the temple had become just shallow and empty. It just became the reading of the Word of God. I don't know if you've ever visited a church like that before where you just kind of go and it seems shallow, it seems empty, it seems like, huh. I know that's not this church, okay? I, I know your pastor really well. Uh, but if you've ever been in those situations, if you've ever been in those places, if you've ever been there personally, where you feel empty, and th this, this was the culture, this was the context of this culture that when, when Jesus was invited in to be the guest speaker for the day, and he, he read the text, and the people said what? They were what? They were amazed. And so my first point this morning, <coughs> excuse me, is Jesus came in, and he began to speak, and what they were amazed about was what? The real authority that he spoke with. They recognized and they acknowledged that, that how, how things have been, whoa, see, we don't always know that things are bad until we have something good to compare it to. It's amazing what we can get used to. It's amazing what we can get used to in our lives. It's amazing how we can convince ourselves that this is how it's going to be. This is my, this is my life sentence, right? And, and so, but until we have something good like Jesus to compare it to, now we know, whoa, this guy is speaking with real authority. That's how the word of God's supposed to be read. That's how the word of God's supposed to be spoken. Now they had something to compare it to. And Jesus spoke with real authority. We know that Jesus was what? He was baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? When he got baptized in water, it came up, and the dove, the Holy Spirit, fell upon him. So he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was walking, and he was working in the Holy Spirit, within the Holy Spirit. And we know that Jesus was given the authority from the Father in heaven, Matthew 20, 18, 28 and 18, where, where, where Jesus tells him, I've been given all authority 
in heaven and on earth. Jesus is the ultimate authority. He's the ultimate authority over any circumstance that we might have in our lives. He's the ultimate authority over cancer. He's the ultimate authority over this demon possession. He's the ultimate authority that everything else is under his feet. Everything else is under his authority. And what Jesus says goes. He functions fully under the authority of the Father. He knows that he's working under the covering of Father God. See, when, when we are under the umbrella of real authority, we're covered by that authority. We're empowered by that authority. And, and can I tell you that for those of us who are children of the Most High God, we've been, we've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We've confessed in our, in our, with our mouths and we, we believe in our hearts, right? Is any, are any of you in the house this morning? Is this the early service? Okay, the coffee hasn't kicked in yet. Come on, help me preach. I'm working hard up here. But when, when, when we submit our lives to Jesus, he's the ultimate authority over all things in our lives today. And as children of the Most High God, we sang about that this morning, we are, we are kids of the King. We are royalty. We're no longer beggars. You sang that this morning, right? Do you believe that this morning? You and I have the authority of Christ. In the name of Jesus, we are taught to pray. And it's in the name of Jesus that we have authority. Jesus is the real authority here. He's genuine. And, and, and there's an evidence of that. It's just not because I'm preaching about it. There's an evidence of that. Let me, let me offer you a story here. When we first came, we first came to Harvest Ridge 27 years ago. We showed up in August. Uh, we came and sat through three, three services. We agreed that uh, if we found a church that we liked, we were, we were looking for a home church, and we said if we find a church that we liked, then we'll give it three weeks. The first two weeks, Pastor Kevin never preached. He, he was... He was, let's see, on vacation, and then he went to, to, to youth camp. So he was, and so he took, it, he took Sunday. So it was two weeks, it was, th it was the third week before I ever heard him preach. But we were convinced that this guy was calling us to, for this to be our church home. So that was August. And so in September, he, he, he launches into a sermon series about healing. And each Sunday, uh, there is a response time, an altar time, and they would create different ways each Sunday for people to come forward and be prayed for for healing. Now, I was going through what he didn't know. I had, a couple years before that, had fallen 15 feet on the job onto a concrete floor. They thought I broke my pelvic. And it, but instead, I herniated several of the discs in my lower back. And so at that point, I have had three significant back surgeries in four years. And 
Each one would last a few months, just enough to make you think, wow, okay, I'm okay. But by this time, I was in such pain, and I, my, my left leg was completely numb. I could not feel my toes. I could not feel the front of my thighs. You could stick me with needles, I would never feel it. And from, my lower extremities were becoming numb. And I knew I was facing the fourth surgery. But I, I woke up, it was, the final, it was the final week of the sermon series, and I woke up on a Saturday morning, and I told God, I said, God, I am so that I can't do a forced surgery. You know I can't do it. I can't do it emotionally. We can't do it financially. I can't do it. I can't do it. I need you to do something. In the name of Jesus, I need you to do something. And so I, we showed up, and again, we were over in the, what's called the chapel now, and so, I don't even know what Ke uh, Pastor Kevin preached, but I know that I was going to go have, I, I wanted to go and have an encounter with Jesus. And so I jumped up, and there was a line already formed around the front of the sanctuary, and it started going down, if you're standing in the back of the, of the chapel, it would be going down the right side of that wall. And I was standing the very closest window to the front. That's my window, by the way. Um, nobody gets it, right? <laughs> And I was standing there, and I had my hands up in the air, and I was already crying, and I was already seeking the Lord. And all of a sudden, I started feeling a warmth go from the very top tips of my hips. I could feel my hip bones. I could identify my hip bones. And it began to wash down my legs all the way through my toes. And that lasted as I went through the prayer line and as I came out on the other side. That lasted a solid 20, 30 minutes. And I could just feel things loosening. The, the muscle tension was, was leaving. The pressure was leaving. And, and God healed me that day. And, and yeah. And I always remember that Tuesday evening I was working out in my garage and I, had my, I still had my work boots on, and, and, and so I, I dropped something, and I knelt down, right? I knelt down to pick it up, and my, my shoe was bent, and I had steel-toed boots on, and the steel toe pinched my toes, and for the first time in five years, I felt my toes. And right there in my garage, I began to cry. What doctors could not do, Jesus did. See, and, and so Jesus took real authority in that situation for my life. Sometimes it, that, that was a five-year process for us. But I'm telling you that today, Jesus still is the true authority. If you need healing, if you are broken in, in body, in spirit, in mind, Jesus is still the real authority over all things today. And when we invite him to come in as the guest speaker things happen. Look what happened. My second point, look what happened here. He, when, when he read that and, and he took authority, right? He was reading that with true authority. This man that was possessed by a demon, right? Jesus and his real authority commanded that spirit to come out. Here, here's something for you. When Jesus shows up, Evil gets identified. Evil can't hang around. 
Evil can't be hid. Here, here's, here, here's my wondering. The Bible doesn't tell us anything here. It does not give us the details of. But we don't know if this gentleman was a first-time guest at the temple. Or maybe he was a board member. But when there is a lack of Jesus, we see what can exist. Did you hear that? When Jesus is not invited into the house, we see what is allowed to exist. When there is no real authority in our lives, that creates a vacuum for anything evil or bad to come into our lives. That's why so many people live dysfunctionally and cannot get out of that dysfunction. Because we, we allow a vacuum for all kinds of garbage to get sucked into our lives. But when we submit our lives to Jesus as the real and true authority over our lives, evil gets identified. And evil's got to go because evil can't stay in the same temple as the Holy One. Come on, I'm working hard this morning. Come on, help a brother out. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Evil cannot stay where Jesus is. It doesn't last long. It gets identified and it's gone. Remember Jesus cast that demon out into, into the group of pigs? Evil didn't stay long when Jesus showed up. But yet he'd been in that man for how long? It's when Jesus shows up as the real authority. Evil cannot stay. Things change. Things change. When Jesus shows up, things change. When the enemy is playing with our minds, because the mind is the battlefield, and he's an expert tactician in our brains. And he can convince us of things that no one else can convince us of. So much so that nobody else can convince you of the opposite. He can, he can create such a lie going on in our minds that people will come along and tell, tell you the truth about it and you still believe the lie. This, the, the mind is his battlefield. But Scripture teaches us to do what? To, to give up those, those things of anxiety, to give up the thoughts of, of, of deceit, of deception, to, to surrender those things to who? To Jesus. And when we, 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 we give Jesus authority over our minds, and we, we bring in the Word of God, which is the standard of truth by which all men shall be measured... Evil can't stay. It cannot stay because Jesus is the real, ultimate authority. Evil has to go. Depression goes. Anxiety can go. We turn worry into worship. 
That's a key for you. David did it all the time when he wrote the Psalms. He turned, he expressed his worry, but by the end of the Psalms, he was worshiping. You can express your worries and concerns, but by the end of your conversation with God, turn that into a worship time. And you're going to find out that the worries are going to shrink and God becomes bigger. Thirdly, amazement gripped the audience. Amazement gripped the audience. Verse 27, amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. You're allowed to get excited in church. I know your pastor. I know your pastor. He loves it when you get excited in church. And the people who now saw something different, they were amazed and they stood in amazement as a group. And the amazement energized them. I don't think they got it. Let me, let me try it again. The amazement of what Jesus was doing energized them. They became excited. They went from empty, shallow, hollow beings, going through a religious cycle, an empty religious cycle. They got a little excited at church. Jesus might even got an amen that morning. They got excited about this new authority, about this new way. They saw that. They, they saw the, and they were amazed as a group. They were amazed by what Jesus was doing. Church, when was the last time you've been amazed by Jesus? When was the last time your circumstances has caused you to propel yourself or to move a little bit closer and say, Jesus, if you don't do something here. See, when, when we go through these cycles and we go through these seasons of life, these are opportunities. They're not death sentences. They are opportunities for what? For Jesus to show up as the real authority in your life and do something that is outrageously amazing so that you will get excited about Jesus once again, church. And that, that energizes just not the individual, but it energizes the entire body. Now, can I tell you something? There's something that really begins to happen when a, a group, a church, community gets excited about Jesus and what he is doing in their lives and in their community. It's powerful. It's powerful. When's the last time get lost in the wonder and in the amazement of Jesus. The psalmist tells us to never lose the wonder of God. When we lose the wonder of God, when we lose the amazement of Jesus, we become apathetic in our faith. We become very complacent and our faith turns into atrophy. 
and we begin to die. Can, can, I, can I challenge you this morning, church? When we watch the news, when we see what our country, our world is going through, never before in my lifetime has there been a greater need for the church to arise and be excited about the God that you serve. Understanding that Jesus is the greater authority than the White House. Understanding that the authority of Jesus uses the White House for his purposes and for his plans, not the White House's purpose and plans. Because Jesus is the ultimate authority. I'm wondering this morning if some of you are here and you need that real authority of Jesus to speak into your circumstances, into your situations. And I, and I tell you, because well, let me just share quick stories about what's happening down at our church in the last few weeks. And, and it's all God. I'm just, I'm, I'm, can I brag on God? Is that all right around here? I think I got four minutes left to brag on God. Three weeks ago, we had a water baptism service schedule. We had two people signed up, two ladies. And one lady was, was ill, and so she chose not to uh, get baptized that day, which left one young lady. And she was very seriously, you know, considering not doing that by herself. But she found the courage to do it by herself. And I've been doing this thing with water baptisms for about the last 15 years now. And whenever I, we do a water baptism, I always ask the crazy question, is there one more here today? We have towels, we have clothes. I, I know it's crazy, you got your church clothes on, you got your church jeans on, right? Is there one more here today that would like to make the profession of Christ in their life? And can I tell you, church, nine more souls came forward. This past Sunday, different field, different service, we have a response time at the end of our services. We give people an opportunity to come to an altar. They, we have a cross where they can go and nail their sins to the cross, and we have altar workers where they can be prayed for. And, and so we went through the response time, and I'm sitting on the corner of the platform, and the Holy Spirit says, we're not done here yet. And he says, someone is holding on to a pain, a deep pain. And I can't heal that until they let go. And so I came back to the pulpit, and I in a very quiet, there was no music being played. And I just said, Here, here's what the Holy Spirit's saying to me. And so uh, can I encourage you to do this? Can I just encourage all of us to lift up holy hands? Because when we lift up holy hands, palms up, right? You know what that means. God, I, I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering this pain. I'm surrendering my circumstances. I'm surrendering my sin. But the other thing that this does as well, church, it puts us in a position of surrender, but now we are positioned to receive because whenever Jesus removes something, he always puts something better in its place. And as we did that, I just began to hear pockets of weeping going across the sanctuary. Not just ladies, but I saw men weeping. I saw men crying. I saw the brokenness 
of people's lives and situations being mended and being healed. And it was such a powerful morning that I had no words to close service. Matter of fact, I said, listen, I'm not closing service. Jesus gets the final word today, and I walk off the platform. But God is moving, church. When we, when we position ourselves to say, I need the real authority of Jesus. And so I'm wondering, for those of you who are here, those of you who may be watching, I'm wondering if some of you just have never asked Jesus into your life. Maybe, maybe you need to ask Jesus into your life today and let him become Lord of this mess that I've created. So if that's you, I just simply want to give you an opportunity to, to acknowledge that and to say yes, because I want to pray for you. And I'm just going to ask you if you could raise your hand right here where you're at. And not, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. No one's going to, no one's going to mock that. No one, we're going to celebrate that. And we're going to come alongside of you. But if there's anybody that wants to accept Christ today, today's your day. With an upraised hand, for those of you at home, just type something into the, to the message there that you've accepted Christ. I've been praying for you all week, church. You don't know me. I don't know you. I'll know a few people maybe, but I've been praying for you all week for this encounter today. That this would be an encounter for you today. So I'm, I'm going to invite you to stand. I am confident of this that there are some of you here today that you need the real authority of Jesus to step into your lives. You, you need the real authority of Jesus to push out some evil and some sin that's been in your life for far too long. You need the real authority of Jesus for the healing of your bodies, for the healing of your mind, for the healing of your spirit, for the offenses that you've been carrying, for the pain that you've been holding on to. It's only because of what Jesus can do, and Jesus is the only one that can bring healing to all of that today. And so my, 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 my encouragement with you today is come and allow the real authority to speak to those things in your life today. I think we can open up the altars here this morning. And so thank you. And so if, if that's you, as, as Pastor Garrett plays and the band plays, I want to invite you to come. Come to a meeting place with Jesus. Come and invite him into your circumstances. Come and invite him into your situations. Come and invite him into your life. It's your personal invitation that allows the activity of Jesus to begin. He will not force his way in. Come and respond to the word of God this morning.